Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. I'd like to give you a little perspective before we get into the message. Some perspective. This came across my desk. It says this, For a small amount of perspective at this moment, imagine you were born in 1900. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts. It ends when you are 18. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. The world GDP drops 27%. That runs until you're 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. And don't try to catch your your breath. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II until you are 45 years old. At 50, the Korean War starts. At 55, the Vietnam War begins. When you are 62, the Cuban Missile Crisis threatens to end life on our planet as we know it. When you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Perspective is amazing. Yes, We are in a challenging time nowadays. Try to remember everything that those born in 1900 endured and accomplished and have faith that we will endure as well. We will get through all of this. Perspective. Is the glass half empty or is the glass half full? Perspective. I want to give you a perspective this morning about the invisible enemy. The invisible enemy that is attacking all of us. That we need to be on the watch for. And most of us, myself included, focus on the physical. Because that's what we live in. That's what we deal with every day. But as long as we are super focused on the physical, we fail to see the spiritual. And that's what our invisible enemy wants. That's what he desires. The invisible enemy I'm speaking to you about this morning is Satan himself. The problem with ignoring the spiritual is threefold. One, if we ignore the spiritual. That's like taking the Band-Aid cure. That's like treating, uh, not treating the symptom. You're treating the symptom. You're not treating the, the root problem. And something underneath is still there. You never hit the root of it. So when you don't deal with the spiritual, we have this undertow, this undercurrent that's brewing and going on, which leaves you, leaves me, leaves us more susceptible to Satan's attack. Invisible 
doesn't mean it's non-existent. An invisible enemy, Satan, is a real enemy. Now let's get some perspective. If I said, if I said, um, uh, I witnessed a murder, I would see that with my eyes, how it happened. I would see that physically, right? Evidence, all that. But if I said, I witnessed pride, well, who can show me a picture of pride? I mean, you can see it play out in the physical, right? You see these things all the time. Sin always plays out in the physical, but you can't necessarily show jealousy. These are spiritual things. And we deal, even though we live in a spiritual world, most of our problems we deal with are spiritual in nature. Now let me say this, salvation is not a vaccination shot to get rid of your problems here on earth. Now it's a vaccination shot to make you immune to eternal hellfire. You have your soul is saved or vaccinated if we want to stay along those lines. And I'm not don't misunderstand, I'm not trying to dumb salvation down to vaccination, but when you get saved, that doesn't vaccinate you against the world's problems here on earth. Your kids get saved on Sunday after a great meeting. Guess what they're going to do on Monday? Fuss with their brother or sister. <laughs> you can't get out of this physical flesh. Job 5 says, Yet man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. Let's get Ephesians chapter 3. Salvation, though, it does give you weapons, and those weapons you can use to fight the invisible enemy. Ephesians chapter 3, let's go into the Bible and see what God has for us this morning. Verse number 14, Ephesians 3, verse number 14. For this cause I bow my knees, Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with what? Might. By what? His Spirit. In what? The inner man. It's not about muscle, muscle physical muscles. That who may dwell in your hearts? Christ. How? By faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in what? Love. May be able to comprehend with all saints. That's us. What is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of who? Christ. Which passeth what? Knowledge. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, first thing in verse 14, get on your knees. I already bowed my knee. Well, get on them again. Not to ask for salvation, that's a done deal. Get on your knees before God and pray. That's our first weapon of defense against our invisible enemy. Pray. Pray. 
As we go through these verses, I want you to look at them with me. Verse number 16. Can anybody show me a picture of glory? Can anybody show me what it, a picture of what it means to be strengthened with His might by His Spirit in the inner man? You can't get an MRI or a CAT scan to show that. These are spiritual things. These are spiritual defenses that we must be able to tap into. Show me a picture of the love of Christ. We see it play out, right, among the saints in various ways. Just like we see sin play out in various ways and in various scenarios and in various pictures, right? But what I'm getting at, at is spiritual versus physical. We can get so wrapped up in the coronavirus. We can get so wrapped up in the economy. We can get so wrapped up in politics. We can get so wrapped up in where's this thing going. We'd be worn out. 15 minutes is enough for me. If Trump's talking to the news, taking questions from the news, I'll go a little longer. I like the banter. But I can't do more than, a, more than an hour. I'm just worn out. I've got to either listen to some preaching. I've got to either listen to some hymns. I can't do it. It just bugs me. I want to stay informed. Not not saying that. I want to know what's going on, but... I want you to... Okay, so do we get all that? We got 14 through 19 verse. Now, I want you to look at one thing here. Look at verse number 13. Verse number 13 obviously occurs before the rest of the verses. And it says, Wherefore, Paul's writing this, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. That's odd. <laughs> Paul's tribulations is going to be a way of helping their eternal good. And Paul says, eh, don't worry about it. I can't do that. <laughs> if I'm honest, if I'm completely honest, if you're completely honest, we probably can't do that at least 100% of the time. But when we read verse 13 and what Paul says under Holy Spirit inspiration, don't think for a minute that Christianity is false because Paul's going through the thick of it. Don't think for a minute. And don't think for a minute that there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with your salvation or there's something wrong with our God because you're going through the mud. <laughs> don't think for a minute it ain't true. Paul says, look, it'll be for your glory. Don't worry about me. Oh, to be a Paul. Oh, to be a Paul. Don't get discouraged, Paul says, under the Holy Spirit. that I'm enduring it. Don't get discouraged. Don't feel pity for me. Don't feel bad for me. Don't get discouraged. It's going to be for your good. If we can live like a Paul boy, we can all change eternal perspective for somebody. You're going to profit from my sufferings. That's Paul. Now let's go over to Ephesians 6 because we're dealing with an, in, an invisible enemy. At Ephesians 6, well, 
what did we say our first line of defense is against the invisible enemy? Prayer, right? So let's go down to the last verse in chapter number six. And it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Do we do that? We haven't killed anybody this week. We haven't stolen anything. We haven't done any drinking, um, even though the liquor stores are considered essential. We haven't found the need to go and, and do that, right? Which, which is great because, you know, when we stand out on the square, right on the square is the Tennessee distillery. And so, you know, with the restrictions, nobody can go in the distillery. But the guy, the proprietor there, he's got a table set up at his door and a little thing and, and you can get takeout. You can't go in the store. Well, which is great because one Friday afternoon, there was like three people lined up. And you know what every single one of them heard? The gospel. And then they filter out, and there must have been seven or eight groups of people that got to hear the gospel open air. God can take something and still have His people use it for good. Do you know some people just won't, won't walk into a church? They won't give you the time of day to listen to a two-minute Romans road. But if they want their liquor and they're going to stand out in an open place, they've heard God's Word. My reasonable service, your reasonable service to our town, nobody should not have the opportunity to hear the Gospel. And those that are so stiff-necked that they won't even take a piece of paper from you, unless they're going to stand outside and put their hands over their ears, they're going to hear that Jesus Christ came into the world to save them from their sin. And I don't even have to mention liquor's sin. I don't even have to mention it. All I have to say is, the Bible says all have sinned. Jesus Christ came to pay your sin debt. Well, what do you have against drinking? Nothing. Never mentioned it. Never mentioned it. But our first line of defense is praying. What's interesting about Ephesians 6, at least in the context of this sermon or this message, it goes from children, then it goes to fathers, then it goes to servants, and then it goes to masters. And it goes through all these things, do this so you don't wear this guy out, and you, it, it, how to act. But then, verse number 10, it says, finally, which you thought it was over with, Children and fathers and servants and masters, right? But it isn't. He just introduced, you do this, you do this, you don't do this, you don't do that. And then now he says in verse 10, here's the finally. Finally, in other words, here's the big picture. My brethren, that's all brothers and sisters in Christ, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You are not going to be a good child without the power of His might. You're not going to be a good father without the power of His might. You're not going to be a good employee or a good employer without the power of His might. That's the finally. Well, I'm going to do all these things. I read this book and I'm going to be the best parent. I read this book on leadership. That's going to make me the best company. In the... Not if you don't do it in the power of His might. I'm not saying don't read books. I read books. I read a lot of books. Kelly spoke about that this morning. 
But we need to filter our books through God's scriptural lens. Okay. Here's the invisible enemy. And everybody knows Ephesians 6. I know this is simple. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the enemy. Wiles of the devil. Here it is. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against spiritual, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, if you had the New American Standard Version or an NIV or one of those, it might be, and you know, they'll, they'll rewrite it in another, another year you'll have a Bible that'll have coronavirus in there somewhere. <laughs> Who knows if Eugene Peterson's going to write another one or not. <laughs> but you, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say, except why don't you just let it say what it says? It's so much easier when we take the philosophy of, I'm just going to go to the Bible and allow it to amend me rather than me going to the Bible and amending it. And if you're anything like me, my thoughts, ideas, emotions, moods change week by week. <laughs> I don't want something that unstable. <laughs> I want something stable. But that's our invisible enemy. And God says at the end here, you better be able to, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We need to be able to stand and we need to be able to withstand. Every boy can wake up in the morning and put on a pair of britches. Have him put on, having, how about having his loins girt about with truth? Can you see him do that? You can see it play out. Or, you can see something play out that you thought was truth, but it was really one big deception. See how the spiritual is so much more important than the physical. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Fellows can holster up. You know, they can holster up. They can. Now, let's see if you can show me. You can see that. Now, show me righteousness. Except that can be faked too. Because these are heart matters. Get yourself a new pair of boots. That place on 111, we like that place we get our boots at. And you get, they always have sales and clearances. So you can get a good, really nice pair of leather boots for a good price. And, you know, you slip them boots on, and boy, I'll tell you what, when you hear that heel slip in, you know, that's the one. Right? That ladies, maybe not relating as much as us guys, but how about having your feet shod the preparation of the gospel of peace? Can you see it? See what we're talking about? This invisible enemy has to be fought with the invisible weapons that we that are real, that we have complete access to once we got saved. Problem is, we don't access them like we ought to. Let's go over to 1 Peter 5, 
And then Isaiah, Isaiah 14. 1 Peter 5 and Isaiah 14. Some think the devil has a pitchfork and a spiked tail. Some think that he is just used as an illustrative measure to scare people and teach principles and lessons. But the devil is real. He's a higher creation in man, but he is invisible to man. 1 Peter chapter 5, let's start reading at verse number 8. Be sober, that's good. Be vigilant, that's good. You know why? Because your adversary the devil... A roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now I'm going to stop Paul's and Park right here for a second. Because I read that verse wrong. I left out one itty-bitty tiny word, one of the tiniest words in the English language. Who caught it? Alright, I'll read it again. I'll only read the part so I can make it stick out to you. Start in verse 8, in the middle of verse 8. Because your adversary the devil, a roaring lion. Except I read it wrong. I left out the word as. As. Bro, man, a lion. I can see a lion. No problem. I see that sucker coming. Roaring, I can hear that. Get me out of here. <laughs> we can hear coyotes, we can hear turkeys, we can hear lions, we can hear tigers, we can hear bears, we can hear birds, and we can see all that too. But God's word doesn't say a roaring lion, He says, as. This is metaphorical language. When you hear like, or you hear as, or you hear parable, this isn't literal. God's Word is taken literal unless God's Word tells you don't take it literal. As a roaring lion, God is giving you a word picture so that you can see how severe it is. If a roaring lion was coming after you, uh-oh, you would be scared to death. Time to change your underwear. <laughs> Type scared. And you see these people and these videos go viral now because of the advent of social media. All of this, we get to get enjoyment out of. <laughs> you know, the guy that jumps the fence. You know, they got the border fence. And then if you jump that, then there's the fence where the animals are kept. This guy sticks his hand in. Bad move. Bad move. That lion latched onto it. It moved so fast. It, it moved like we would blink. And it latched on to that man's arm. And the horror of the people filming it. And what are you going to do? Try to save the guy? That's our invisible enemy. And if you jump the fence, look out. And God says, I've got commands. I've got principles. I've got Law and order 
And he says, you know what? If you love me, keep my commands. No, Lord, I want to jump the fence. You'll lose your arm. No, Lord, I want to jump the fence. Satan will rip your face off. God wants us to tap in to the spiritual weapons that we have. Prayer we keyed in on, and all these things we see in Ephesians 6. And we can withstand and stand, but not on our own. We have got to start thinking spiritually. God gives us a physical word picture to get the severity of it. All right, Isaiah 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. You ever hear lip service? And you know you're talking to that employee or you know you're talking to that person and you know you're dealing with somebody and your gut's just telling you, man, that guy's just giving me lip service. You listen to politicians long enough, that's what you feel like. Why are you playing both sides against the middle? Just tell me where you stand. Their heart. And it, you, know what, you know what Lucifer's heart said? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation sides of the north. I will ascend above the most high, the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. You want to ascend? Go ahead. Pride, the root cause of just about every sin that I can think of, unless you can help me find one that isn't rooted in pride, is what took Lucifer down and will take us down. He fell because of pride. He goes by different names. Old Serpent, Revelation 20, Prince of this World, John 12, John 14, John 16, Prince of the Power of the Air, Ephesians 2.2, 2, God of this World, 2 Corinthians 4, and as we see in Ephesians 6, the devil. Now go back to Genesis chapter 3. If you Stay with me. Stay with me. We're getting ready to, to close, but I want you to stay with me. We're going through the Bible. And I want you to know the Bible. I want you to get your power from God's Word. Invisible enemies' attack methods are the same. One of the great things about fighting is that you, uh, when you compete, once you get to an advanced level, you run into the same guys pretty much. You start seeing them at, at tournaments, and you actually develop a relationship with your enemies. We're not, not really your enemies, they're just your opponents. But you do develop a relationship with these guys. Now, you know in 20 minutes you're going to go out and try to kill each other. <laughs> but until then, iron sharpeneth iron. You're, 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 you're both there to get better. But when you fight the same people over and over again, you start to pick up on their game plan. And one of the ways you can defeat that person or one of the ways they can defeat you is to study what they're good at. And... It's the same in the spiritual world. Study what Satan is good at and you'll be better off to be able to withstand and stand. And the attack is the same. Genesis chapter 3, 
Verse number one, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall I touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Cast doubt on God's word. Attack mode doesn't change. Cast doubt. Now, kids, pay attention. The doubt's going to come, especially when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, come on. That God stuff, that's really, that's the attack. You know what God really said? Satan says, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. But that is not what God said. He said in Genesis 2, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. Subtle changing of God's word. Isaiah 8 says, The law unto the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. This is why it's important you have the right Bible. Because you want to know exactly what God said. 80% truth, 20% error. Do you want it? It's a principle. Without getting into Bible version discussion, think of it principally. My friend thought for sure, he thought for sure that his wife was trying to poison him. He thought for sure. His first thought was, after a meal, honey, there's glass in my food. <laughs> well, you know, a glass broke in the sink or in the dishwasher, whatever the story was. But then his second, his second thought was, <laughs> she made him brownies. Mint, ch <laughs> mint chocolate brownies. Except she made them with toothpaste. <laughs> and except you're not supposed to ingest toothpaste. So that was his second clue. <laughs> I'm not making it up. One little ingredient would make you not want to eat it. Principally, one little thing is messed up or taken out, you wouldn't want to trust it. That's what we're dealing with, God's Word. All right, last. That's what we're dealing with. Okay. I'm going to wrap up in, uh, in Luke, and then we are going to have part two tonight, because I have another... I'm not even halfway done. So we will have part two tonight at 6 o'clock. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 8, and we'll wind down. Better to do a two-part message than rush through God's Word. Plus, you know, it leaves people on the hook to come back. So, there's some of that too. Luke chapter 8, verse number 11. Now, the parable is this. Now, what did we just say earlier? When you see as, or you see like, or you see parable, you know that Jesus, God, is making 
an illustration. He's trying to describe to you a word picture so you can get in your head what's going on here. And he said, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now, if I were to take that literal, I would go to Home Depot, I would buy a seed pack, and I would go and knock on people's door and say, would you like the word of God? Oh, yes, I would. Here's a seed. What are they going to get out of that? Maybe a tomato, but not much else. But watch what God does. He gives them a parable so they can see clearly through physical means a spiritual or eternal perspective. So what is likened to the Word of God? The seed. Is it literally the Word of God? No, it's likened to. Now what does the devil want to do? Verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The attack, number two, is to cast doubt. This is what the invisible enemy does. The attack, number two, of the invisible enemy, Satan, is this. To prevent you Everybody knows it's easier to prevent obesity than to go in and have the operation. Everybody knows it's easier to prevent heart disease by dietary eating. I'm not going to get into diet versus genetic and all that. I'm just saying to make the point that you're better off taking care of your heart by preventative measures than you are to go in and get a triple bypass. Same thing in the spiritual. Prevention is so much better and it's so much easier than trying to fix a problem. Satan knows that it is better for him to stop people from hearing that word and letting it take root so that they grow into a Christian. He knows that. He wants you to doubt God's word, his second attack is he wants to prevent others from hearing it because he doesn't want them to be saved and he doesn't want them to believe. Amen? Our job is to get the gospel out to those people. I'm going to say this and I'm going to be done. Weather is broken. Restrictions have been lifted. Lord willing, next Sunday afternoon, I'm going to start right on this road and we're going to try to as many of us that are able and that can we're going to try to get some seed God's word into people's hands and let them know who Jesus Christ is and let them know where they can come and grow and learn and be discipled and be loved and be encouraged so God helping us that'll be our plan as we move forward all right let's bow and pray heavenly father we're thankful we're so thankful that we have invisible weapons that are real to help us as Christians fight the invisible enemy who is also real. Help us to apply these truths to our lives in a real way. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.